Good morning. This is Ben Rogers, and welcome to this week's episode of Trending. Over the last several weeks, I've had people ask me how counties are handling the COVID-19 pandemic. We spoke with Mayor Foster from Cumberland County last week. This week, I wanted to visit with Overton County Mayor Ben Danner. He's been going. He's been going to update. Um, he's going to update us on operations in Overton County and what the budget outlook in, for fiscal year 2021 is going to be. And also know he'll provide us with some good entertainment, as Ben is one of the most entertaining and funny mayors I work with, uh, and he always has some good laughs for us. So, actually, your title is mayor executive. Let's make sure that's clear. Well, it's county executive, but, you know, most of the time I get called a lot of other words that we can't say on the radio, probably. <laughs> so so we'll just go with county executive. County right executive. You're one of the few counties I still have that is county executive, so I, I, I will clarify. You are county executive, and as we've talked before, the title means the, – the title doesn't change the responsibilities. You're still the basically the CEO and CFO of the county. You do have a, a budget and accounts director, but you it ultimately falls on you and, and the parts of the funds you deal with and stuff like that. So um, first question I want to ask you is how is your family? Everybody's doing good. Uh, my son works at a grocery store here. My oldest one does, and, you know, kind of worried about that like everybody else. Of course, you know, every person we've got is piling in all the grocery stores. So, uh, I mean, just having to, you know, worry about him using sanitizer and worry about everything else. The kids, you know, are kind of – mother two are kind of going crazy. School's been out for, it seems like, a year Um I mean, I told them, I said, one day you're going to tell your kids, hey, I remember that year we didn't go to school. You know, I mean, this is kind of, it's kind of odd times. But, uh, but you know, our school system here is doing food. And, um, you know, they're having where the kids can come and get lunches. And, you know, when I was in school, I mean, I never would have thought, and my kids probably wouldn't either, that, hey, I look forward to school meal. But basically for our kids, that's the only thing they've got to look forward to that's kind of normal to them is the school lunches. Sure. Because yeah. so, the adults are scared with everything going on, but the kids are too. So, uh, And then if they don't eat all of it, you know, I can eat the rest of their food. So, I mean, that works out pretty good sometimes. So, right. uh, Well, and, and your mom, she doing good? Yeah, my mom's doing good. You know, my mom's uh, about to be 79, and when this first when this first happened, of course, she's like uh, a lot of moms and a lot of us. She's out on the road everywhere all the time, and she's better shape than I am, and she works every day, and she's, you know, going around. And she called me from the Goodwill in Cookville, and I said, Mama, you need to get to the house. I said, you don't need to be at the Goodwill. And, you know, whenever they were first telling everybody to stay at home, so it's been hard to, you know, a lot of people – you know, thanks. Well, that won't happen here, but it, it's hard to get a lot of the people to stay at home. I mean, it's you know everybody gets tired of sitting at the house, and, and I'm sure everybody's tired of eating at the house, and all the restaurants going to be flooded. But uh, but I finally got through to her. She needs to stay at home and uh, you know not be out on the road as much. And a lot of people have done that, but it you know it's worrisome for everybody, especially the elderly. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's 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 for sure. Um, and and I want to get to all that stuff too, for sure. I want to make sure we talk about stuff like that. But um, let, let's talk about some good stuff going on in the county. And you can go anywhere you want to because I want to talk about good stuff because we. It seems like the last couple of weeks, all everybody's been talking negative and how how bad it is, and it is bad and it's serious. And we, you know, everybody I've seen, especially in county government that I work with, are taking it serious. But what's some good stuff going on over in the county? It can be anything. It can be government. It can be whatever. Whatever you want to talk about. Well, you know, to start with, I think all of us think we are inconvenienced because everybody's had to stay at home. 
but you know i've really appreciated the time i've got with my kids there at the house i mean everybody i know when you got kids and they're throwing stuff at each other and hollering and makes you want to holler at them and throw stuff at them too but you know really we've got away from you know everybody's out on the road and going everywhere and this time a lot of people's been at home with their family and and kind of like people used to do back you know when i was a kid i'm 44 years old 35 years ago we all went and visited somebody and sat around and kind of you know, everybody got away from that, so that, that's a good thing, I think, that everybody got to spend a lot of time together. We played more board games, and I'd care to mention, uh, shoots and ladders have been really popular at my house, sure. even with my 17-year-old son, so, uh, but I, you know, I'm glad I got to spend time with them, but uh, also, Chris Massengale, 911, started going and getting food, and we've been doing a food pantry, Okay, and for the past four weeks, we've been handing out anywhere from 500 to 750 food boxes every Friday from 911, and we're going to do another one this Friday, and that'll be the last one we do. But people's really been thankful. You know, we've got a lot of people in need and a lot of people out of work, and I'm really glad that 911 done that. And Five Loaves Food Pantry up in Hanging Limb has been the one going to get the food, and then we're distributing it. But, uh, you know, everybody, it's brought a lot of people together, uh, everybody in the uh, different departments come together working doing the food pantry and you know in two hours basically we've been putting that five to seven hundred boxes to that many cars so i mean it's really worked out good and everybody's pulled together and really worked trying to help because we got a lot of people need right now and uh, i've been really you know glad to see that because you know everybody in our county uh we've had disasters we've had tornadoes we've had you know, floods, we've had ice storms, but none of us have ever been through anything like this. But everybody is, like usual, we all get together and try to help the ones in need, and uh, and I've been real thankful for that. Well, and, of course, we've appreciated y'all's help down here in Putnam County with the tornado and all that stuff. So uh, that's some good news out over in the county. I think it's a good thing. Anytime you can provide something like that to your citizens, and, and the purpose of county government is to provide services anyway to the citizens, but that's going the extra mile that's something that, you know the county doesn't have to do, but in this kind of time, it's important. And you just talking about spending more time with your family. Uh, it's been a, a blessing in a way for us too. Is you know my wife hasn't killed me, uh, which is good. And of course, I know <laughs> that's a miracle yeah, it in is. itself, right there. It, it I is, mean. and I know you know her, and you aggravate me in, about her, her birthday every day and all this stuff. But uh, she hasn't killed me. I've seen my parents more, which are just down the road. But when you're traveling out of town, you, you got to travel as well. We got meetings we go to or trainings we go to, and you're just not home as much. But I've seen them more. And my mom and dad actually were talking the other day about, you know, back when I was a kid, like you said, and our age is not much different at all. We go to our grandparents, my grandparents on Saturday night and watch Hee Haw and Golden Girls and Mama's Family. And, and that was this way of life. You know, we didn't worry about so much going on around us. And just spending time with family. Well, we kind of gotten back to that. You know, it's um, it's been good. We haven't been in a restaurant in, what, six weeks, I guess. And, you know, so we used to go eat three or four times a week or twice a week, and we hadn't done that, and it's been good to be home. So that is one of the, the uh, blessings out of this, I think. Um, let's talk about when this kind of started. And you and I have spoken some throughout this, but you, let's be frank, you're in your second term. You're a commissioner for, before that. You know what's going on. You, you're a county executive. You know, you know, basically what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. But when this all happened and when the, the governor began issuing executive orders, what was your message to the citizens of Overton County? 
Well, you know, I mean, like I said, it's something we've never been through, and and every other thing we've had, we've got people that's been through it. And you know, my nine one one director, he's been through all these other things, and like you all have with tornadoes and ice storms and flood, but nobody's ever been through anything like this. And you know, most people didn't think it was real to start with. I think, of course, the news media kind of, you know, even the president to start with, kind of blowed it off. And then as it became more real, people. And as we got cases going here in the counties, but, you know, to start with, I mean, it seems small now, but closing the county offices seemed like a big ordeal, and a lot of people got upset about that. But, I mean, that was the minimal of the things, you know, we had to do. But, I, you know, I just never in my wildest dreams would imagine we'd had a time where we shut down everything like this. I mean, it's, um, you know, we were trying to shut down as much of the county stuff as possible. We'll still wait on people, but, you know, our um, nursing home, before even the governor issued any orders, because we got one of the few county-run nursing homes and county-owned, and uh, Jennifer, our nursing home director, told me she's going to shut down to visiting, and this was probably a month before the governor ever issued anything. Right. You know, and to start with, I thought, well, you know, that's kind of going extreme and had a lot of families calling upset you know, looking back on it, Jennifer probably saved hundreds of lives sure. of our nursing home for blocking that and, uh, you know, not letting the public come in. So, I mean, a lot of these decisions, you know, a lot of people have, you know, to start with, they're upset, and I understand, because it's not convenient at all the way things have went. But, you know, all of us as elected officials have to do what we think's best to protect the majority of people in the county. and. You know, we tried to close down the senior centers and the things that had vulnerable popula- populations. But, uh, I mean, when the governor first started issuing, you know, it, I mean, it was really like it wasn't even real. Because, I mean, you can't imagine, you know, shutting the whole country down, the whole state down, the county down. Um, and it's hard. because you know, we're in a time, all of us that are elected, everybody shakes hands. You know, all of us. Here in the country, I mean, we all hug everybody and stuff, and I mean, it's just a hard transition to get to to not do that. Right. I had a friend the other day said, "What you know? I still want to shake people's hands." He said, "I'm cautious about it, but if they want to shake my hand, he goes, I'm going to do it." And I said, "Well, I understand that. I think that's going to change, though." When we come back in this next segment, Ben, I want to get into what happened this week with the Attorney General's uh, office coming out with an opinion on some things. I'll, I'll read a, a summarize that to you. You're listening to News Talk 94.1 FM. This is Trending. I'm your host, Ben Rogers, and my guest is Ben Danner, the Overton County Executive, and we'll be back in just a few moments. Welcome back to Trending. This is Ben Rogers, your host. My guest is Ben Danner, the Overton County Executive. Uh, I wanted to have Ben on not only because he's just he's a good county executive and this is a second term and he's been around and, and seen about everything and as we said last segment nobody's seen what we're going through right now, but I wanted to have have you on uh, Ben just to to get ideas of what's going on over the county and, and talk about some uh, things budget wise later on, but this week I think it was Monday is the first time I saw it I think that was when it was released the attorney general's the state attorney general's office came out with an opinion expressing a delegation of authorization. And and so when this all started, I think a lot of county officials, including county mayors, were looking for some guidance from maybe the attorney general or whatever because county mayors really didn't know what to do. But in summary, and I'm going to summarize this as best I can without taking a whole lot of time, 
The question to the Attorney General went, went as follows. Because of the COVID-19 health crisis, the governor has exercised his authority to declare a state of emergency in Tennessee and to issue a series of executive orders governing the state's emergency response to the COVID-19 pandemic. The question is, do these executive orders serve as the exclusive regulation of the state's emergency management in response to the pandemic? And to what extent, if any, may local government entities take actions or issue orders that conflict with the governor's executive orders? So here's the summary opinion, basically. There's a lot to it. This is, this is it. The General Assembly has vested the governor with exclusive responsibility and authority to assume control over all aspects of the state's response to emergencies such as the COVID-19 pandemic. So right there, it's, he has the control over all, all those aspects. Um, TCA 58-2-107A1, uh, because of the executive orders that the governor issues pursuant to the authority have the force and effect of law, that statute, uh, subsection 2, the governor's directives in response to an emergency supersede, and that's the key word, supersede and preempt any action taken by political subdivisions of the state. Now, by, by the Constitution, the state Constitution, the counties are considered extensions of the state or political subdivisions. So when you ever when you see political subdivision in the in TCA in Tennessee Code annotated, it's speaking to counties. Um, so that's the summary of it. Now the whole time, the way I understand it, you've pretty much followed that, right, Ben? We have. You know, I mean, of course. And at the county level, I mean, there's a lot of responsibility here. But you know, basically, all of us in Upper Cumberland have been talking weekly. I mean, I, I don't know that I want more than what we've got. A lot of it's, you know, like drinking from a fire hose now. But as far as what the governor said, we've we've stuck with that. I mean, we're all swore to do what the governor says, and I know he's having a hard time, too, with it. I mean, I, I cannot imagine. I mean, I'm getting pulled from 832 ways, and he probably is 832,000 ways uh, from people all over the state, and I would not want his job. I Really, me and some other mayors are talking about it. We must be crazy to have wanted our jobs, right. but um, you know. Uh, but I mean, it's it's been a lot, and a lot of. course, I understand it's been an inconvenience for a lot of people, and and it's frustrating. I mean, people like in the hair salons. I mean, we've got a lot of people, and every county does have a lot of people that cut hair at their houses that have license, and but what's frustrating about that is they're the ones. That cannot, that have not got their stimulus checks yet because they don't get a tax refund. They've not been able to get on unemployment, and they're the ones that actually needed it, and they're not being able to get it. And I mean, they're you know frustrated, and it frustrates me too because I've got on the phone trying to get through to help them. But you know, I've told them I said we've got to stick with what the governor says. I know some places have you know the county has said they can open earlier. But I felt like I didn't have the authority, and you know, the attorney general, you know, agreed and said that well, I do not have the authority to tell anybody that they can override what the governor says. So, so we've stuck with that and tried to, you know, do the best we could, and you know, we have, and we've, you know, done what the governor said to do. Yeah, and speaking of salons, I think I mentioned this, but my wife's two sisters and their uncle own the salon in East Nashville, and they've had a double whammy: the tornado hit their salon and made it inoperable that day. And then while they're trying to get all that cleaned up, COVID-19 comes in, and they get shut down. And in Davidson County, they can't go back to the end of May and start working. So they've, 
you know, there's been some struggles there, and they've had to, to file a bunch of things and, and reports and um, not real. They've filed some reports, but try to get, apply for assistance, and they've been successful a little bit. But she was actually on Channel 5 or some news outlet two weeks ago and they, because they're talking about how the PPP, she didn't get anything, you know, and other big companies are getting millions. So it's been a struggle. And, and of course, as you said, you're trying to help as much as you can, but you're not the person that decides if they can open or not. That's not on no. you, you know. And, you know, one one small uh, rainbow of, or sunshine hope I've seen, you know, because I'm – I'm mostly bald, and, you know, I see very few benefits to being bald. But <laughs> during this time, you know, I've not had to worry about getting my hair cut, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't have a lot of hair. What I do have kind of growed out, and it looks like I've got hair now, kind of. So, you know, I can see the benefit, you know, and I've, I have I understand the people. Well, I don't. It's been 20 years since I've had hair, but uh, I know it's frustrating for people. Everybody's every day, what am I going to do? How am I going to get my hair cut? And I said, well, you know, I – would say I know what you mean, but I really don't. So uh, yeah, my, my the good news is those of us that are bald, I mean, it's worked out. So my, yeah, my buddy Dustin that I work out with a lot, he uh, he's got kind of got your problem, and he said I'm just gonna let my hair grow out, and it started growing out really good on the sides, but he started looking really weird too. So we finally told him he needed to get rid of it. <laughs> um, so he finally did. But um, the the last thing I'm gonna say about the uh, attorney general's opinion, and I know you've read it, and you probably read it 14 times just to make sure you understand it. But the last thing I'll say, and this kind of sums up the conclusion, is the governor is responsible for addressing the dangers presented to this state and its people by emergencies. In the event of an emergency beyond local control, the governor may assume direct operational control over all or any part of the emergency management functions within the state. The governor is authorized to delegate such powers as the governor may deem prudent, and he hasn't done that yet. So he's he's still in control. So um, and I, I think what you've done and what a lot of people have done has, has been the right thing. Now, moving forward and some things that's been going on, um, it, one thing that changed, we talked some about with Alan last week, is county commission meetings. Have you all been able to meet as a county commission? Well, We've been meeting. It's you know it's it's different. I mean, we've been meeting. Twin Lakes give us um, conference call uh, capabilities for a couple months while it's going. We've been having all committee meetings by conference call, and we had our county commission meeting um, in April by conference call. And I told the commissioners, you know, that's the first time in the 214 year history of Overton County we've ever had any kind of meeting like that. Right. But uh, uh, it's really different. Uh, all of them looked a lot better you know, on the telephone, and they did in person the last <laughs> meeting we had. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I told them that a couple times. And, you know, it's kind of kind of nice having meetings while you're still wearing pajamas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, no, we, we that's why we didn't do video here, because I was afraid somebody would have pajamas and that'd just be bad. No, but, I, uh, I understand that. Well, you're, you're the chair of the commission, so you were running that meeting. And so did you, you use Twin Lakes, and that's what we did in Putnam. And it was, it's a really good service, and we appreciate their, you know, their generosity for allowing us to use it. And I know you do too, but did, were you at the courthouse or the administrative building, or did you actually sit at home and, and run the meeting? 
I done it from here at my office, and I had the clerk and the budget director here. And then we had the newspaper here, and they filmed one of them, and we recorded it too. But uh, it is different. I mean, we had a lot of the things we had to, you know, get passed and had grants and stuff like that. So we had to go ahead and and not really decided, you know, if I'm going to do this month's May's meeting like that, or you know, I mean, really, we've got 15 commissioners at the courthouse. I mean, the only way we can social distance is to put part of them out in the in the crowd, I guess. I, you know, I don't know how that uh, been a lot of stuff. I mean, I never would have thought about having a county commission meeting by phone. Right. I mean, committee meetings. You know, I've got five commissioners on a committee. That's not bad. When you get fifteen on there, it's hard. You know, I mean, it is harder to do the meeting that way. But uh, was it hard? But it for... had, you know, and I've got I've probably got uh, five commissioners that are probably over seventy years old, and I, you know, not only for everybody else's health, I wanted them to stay at home. And be able to meet because you know I didn't want them to have to be out either. Yeah, and what I was going to ask you is, was it was it hard for your commissioners to speak on motions and have discussion, or was there any of that at all? Well, I mean, you know, the only thing is, of course, if a couple of people try to talk at the same time, is where it gets hard. But but everything it, it worked out pretty good. I mean, the the committees, like I said, did go better last night. We had a budget committee meeting by conference, but um, but it you know it worked out pretty good. Uh, I mean, it took a little longer than a regular meeting would take that way, but um, but I think it you know it was good that we were able to do it that way. Of course, a lot of people now have got cell phones instead of house phones, so a lot of them had to go somewhere where they had a cell phone signal because at their house in a lot of places out in the county we don't have any cell signal. But uh, but still, I'm glad that the you know that the governor, of course, the legislature brought that up right before they went out of session, and they didn't wasn't able to pass it, and I'm glad the governor did pass that where we can have meetings that way during times like this. I mean, I don't want to have meetings like that all the time, but um, it, it is good to have it like that during a time like this. Right. Well, and so we, of course, we met the same way y'all did, and, and we tried to limit our agenda um, to so there wasn't as a big, you know, things that we can wait on to have, we can meet in person. Um, so, uh, that, and it worked out so far, and we're not sure we're going to do in May. But anyway, uh, this is concluding our second segment. We got two more, Ben. Are you good with that? We got two more segments. You're yes. doing great. Well, okay. you just keep throwing them at me, and uh, we'll keep firing. All right. right. You're listening to News Talk. This is Ben Rogers, your host on Trending, and Ben Danner is my guest, and we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to Trending. This is Ben Rogers, your host. I continue to visit with Overton County Executive Ben Danner. Uh, ben was talking about commission meetings as we left last segment, and you said you were uncertain about May's meeting. How are y'all going to handle that? I think Putnam County is still leaning towards maybe doing the electronic meeting, and even though it's not as convenient as meeting in person, and because we're used to that, and like you said, in two hundred something years, Overton County is the first time they've done that. But that's probably the way we're leaning, and it's been a little bit of a challenge. But you're not certain what y'all are doing, and we haven't made an official decision. It's the end of April. Uh, actually, the, the first day of May, but it's uh, it's coming to us. Uh, so we got to make a decision next week. How are the operations and county offices and departments functioning right now in, in the past five or six weeks? Well, of course, we kept the solid waste sites open, but we don't have any prisoner uh, help. You know, we've had inmates out helping people unload the trash, and you know, it seems like that's a you know a place that. The corona really spreads if somebody gets in. We've kept we've kept them out away from the public, but um, the county offices we've been closed to the public, but by phone and internet we've been open. Um, 
Now, we tried different ways, and they were trying to do through the window in the clerk's office. And, of course, we had people line up, and it's hard to do that. So um, there's a lot of people, you know, who want to get their tags renewed, and the governors give everybody till June 15th. And, of course, people still want to go ahead and do it early. Uh, but but we've not had the building open. We have the post office come into my office and UPS, and then we distribute it out to the rest of the building. And uh, it's been a you know a challenge because you know if it was at property tax time, I mean it would be a whole lot harder than what it has been now. But we're in the middle of an appraisal, so a reappraisal for the county. So that's been kind of a issue too. But tomorrow we're going to open back up to the we're going to open to the public. Um, we got some stuff set up trying to keep people back six foot apart and. Um, the clerk's office has got some stuff up where the public can't get right up against the counter. Uh, you know, I'm just going to have to see how it, it's going to be different. I mean, it's a, like I said, who knows what the new normal will be. I mean, the normal before was this open office and everybody, you know, like I said, the clerk and the trustee, you know, giving out hugs and everybody shaking hands. And I mean, that's just going to be different for a while. But uh, but we've managed to, you know, by phone or uh mail or email uh take care of most everything everybody's got to do i mean it is a different you know time and it's a different way to do business but a lot of people kind of like the way that you know doing by internet for their tags and they don't have to come up here and stand in line sure so uh i guess we'll just have to see how tomorrow goes and from you know here on out uh hope you know hope we're not in a of course, the worry is, you know, everybody's got that worry that when we open everything back up, the numbers are going to just go sky high, and hopefully we don't have to go back to another shutdown. I mean, that's right. – uh, but everybody still needs to, you know, stay six foot apart, and hope everybody will do that tomorrow when we open up. I know a lot of the counties are doing that and opening up, and uh, some of them were open by appointment before, but we, you know, we weren't open at all. Right. But I guess – Everybody will be ready to get back, you know, come in, you know, see everybody in person, do business that way. Well, do you think, um, talking to maybe your clerks of court that are collecting fines and fees, especially in the circuit court clerk, you think revenue is going to – we're going to talk more about revenue later, but do you think your revenue is going to be impacted that way since y'all haven't been open? Or, or have you seen – has she said anything about people getting online and paying their, their fines and fees that way? I I'm going to say in every county in the state of Tennessee and every county in the United States is going to have this problem. I'd say we're going to have the worst time about revenue that we've ever seen. I mean, it's going to be a really, really tough budget. I agree. I mean, I've I've been on the county commission since '02. I mean, this will be the 18th or 19th budget I've helped do since I was on the commission and as county executive. But, I mean, you know, basically none of us ain't never seen nothing like this. Well, you kind of answered my next question, and it was basically how much do you and the officials know about revenue projections for the rest of this fiscal year, next fiscal year? And, and that's so many, so many things there that to discuss. Um, you know, some counties are going to see a, the, their biggest hit is going to be in sales tax because they have retail, like Putnam County. We have a lot of retail. We have a lot of restaurants. So our sales tax is going to be way down. Other rural counties that may not have as many retail, they may not suffer as much on sales tax, but I think they're going to take a hit on property tax next year because I think people are paying what they have to pay now, and property tax is one of those things they can put off, and then when it comes February next year, they may not have it, so it's going to be delinquent. I don't know. What are your thoughts on property tax collection next year? Well, you know, that's uh, 
that's that's one of the many thoughts and worries, you know, on top of the other stuff. I mean, it's just what's the you know, the 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 thinking is what what do we worry about the most? I mean, but you know, basically like you were talking about the sales tax. The city of Livingston sales tax, they've got two grocery stores that are really, really busy right now. And that will do good, but they've got about twenty restaurants that are not doing a lot, and that's about half their tax. So they're probably going to be down. And I feel for you all. I know you've got a lot of the city of Coolville, and you all have a lot of retail that got shut down. I mean, I'm sure there's no telling what your sales tax hit's going to be. Yeah. And you know, basically, we're a month behind, so we got March's number, but that was for February. Yeah. So we won't know till sometime into May what really what we're looking at lower but i you know ours we've got a lot of places out in the county that weren't shut down a lot of the building trade places i mean everybody's been at home and they've been working on stuff at home so i i don't know how much sales tax we're going to be down i'm sure we're going to be down some but the property tax say this of course we're in a reappraisal and you know the state started several a few years ago, three or four years ago, wanting all of us to do a budget by the end of June. So we've done that every year, but this will be the first reappraisal we've had since the state went to that. So, you know, we basically probably will not know what the tax rate's gonna be till maybe after the second or third week of June and then we're gonna try to have to pass the budget by the end of June. Do you think you'll you'll alter your delinquent or variance rate once you get that certified rate? I, I, I think we'll have to because, like you said, we're going to have a lot of people that's, you know, basically they know, I mean, if they can't if they can't pay that property tax, I mean, there'll be penalty on it, but they've got a little while to do it, so they'll probably, you know, they'll probably have to pay other things, and I don't blame them. I mean, if, you know, if you're out of work, and, I mean, if you've got to decide between food on the table or paying property tax that you might be able to wait on, I understand I'd make that same decision, too. I mean, but... I mean, I'm I'm sure we're going to have to alter the delinquent rate. Uh, you know, what we're fighting right now, too, I mean, it's like the perfect storm of everything. Everything we've got seems to be just all piling up this year. Now, 1980 is when we started reappraisals. So every time Overton County has had a reappraisal, our values went up, and then the property tax rate has to go down right. to make it, you know, so it'll bring in the same amount of money. Right. Equal, so, equalize the rate. Equal equal out, yeah. yeah. So five years ago, when they done our appraisals, everybody's appraisal in the county went down because they had it too high the time before, so that we had to raise the rate up. Right. So what we're fighting now, we've never come in behind a time when they lowered it. And, I mean, basically in the last five years, real estate's boomed. I mean, it's Absolutely. everywhere has. So a lot of people's appraisals are going up double or triple because they lowered the state lowered them last time. And, you know, we're getting all kind of phone calls. The letters just went out last week. Uh, you know, I, you know, and everybody is worried about it. I am too, but, you know, we don't know what the property tax rate will be yet. But, um, I mean, we've been five years here without a tax increase, and I hope we keep going and don't have to raise taxes. I mean, I'm trying to come up with ways to help revenue that we don't have to put on, you know, property tax owners, um, but, you know, it's going to really be a struggle, and a lot of things we do with salaries and stuff like that we're going to have to look at this year. I mean, we've, you know, we've tried to help the employee's salary with the insurance where we pay all of a single employee's insurance, 
And, you know, we've tried to get some of the salaries up in the county, and we've got everybody up to at least $10 an hour or more. And when I got elected, you know, we had a lot of people on minimum wage. So, you know, we've tried to do that. But, I mean, things like that are going to be hard to do. And basically, you know, we went through the budget, and me and Connie York, my budget director, we've been cutting things where we can. We cut seven, eight hundred thousand dollars out of the budget yesterday, and we need to cut that much more then some, I guess. But um, everybody, you know, in this county, in every county, is having to cut things they're doing because the revenue they've got's coming in lower. So Overton County is no different. Our revenue is going to be coming in lower, so we're going to have to either, you know, a raise taxes or be cut services and i mean i i don't want to raise taxes on anybody anytime right. especially at a time like this i mean people i mean that's you know you see it in new york and all these states talking about i mean how they're going to come up with the revenue they need without raising taxes in nashville nashville's talking about a big huge tax increase um I, you know, I don't know when the thing about that is like these places that's getting a lot of sales tax when things are going good, it's great, but when stuff hits like this, it's really extra terrible. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and and we're going to talk. We're going to rein in this segment, and the next segment we're going to continue to talk a little bit more about the budget process and get into some other things. But um, I want to talk about reappraisal when we come back uh, and and if, has that process slowed down so when we come back you're listening to trending this is ben rogers your host uh, i'll be back in the next segment with overton county executive ben danner welcome back to trending this is ben rogers your host i continue to visit with ben danner the overton county executive he was talking about reappraisal and, and property taxes before we left and this is a reappraisal year for overton county has the reappraisal process slowed down it's a long process but has there been a halt or has it slowed down because of COVID 19 well it would have, you know, a lot of it was done before this actually hit. I mean, part of the, you know, the measuring a lot of the houses they done after this is going, but they've only had one crew person went out and they've been wearing masks. But if this, you know, if this uh, coronavirus would have hit probably two months earlier, it would have definitely halted everything with the reappraisal. But the way it is now, it's really not slowed it down because a lot of stuff had to be done here at the office in the last few months. So, so we're lucky on that part, I guess, because I, you know, in a reappraisal year, I, I don't know what you what we would have done if if it had to be stopped because of the coronavirus. I mean, we'd have been kind of probably having to go off last year's budget and appraisal until we figured it out. But well, I don't know if you remember, and I don't know if you remember hearing about this, and I won't mention the county's name. It's not in Upper Cumberland, but a few years ago, actually when the, the new law came out saying county governments had to have their budget passed by August 31st, there was a county east of us that their assessor wasn't doing their due diligence for reappraisal. The state was doing everything they could, but the assessor was not. So reappraisal was way behind, and it was not done until really September. Well, the budget was supposed to be passed in August 31st. Well, they actually got an exception or an exemption not to pass it by then because of reappraisal and where the work wasn't done by that assessor. So that's the only exception I've known. And, and yeah, it, it would have been bad for y'all if it would have been slowed down because you wouldn't have known your penny value and you wouldn't know where to set your tax rate. So that's tough. Um, speaking of budgets in actually current year, are there any expenses that are rising due to this pandemic that you've seen in the county? Well, of course, we're we're trying to run another ambulance crew, um, you know, in case we need them, a, a third shift, basically. Um, you know, we're spending a lot on cleaning supplies and, you know, PPE. I mean, we're, you know, spending a lot more. And, and there may be help from federal on that. I mean, you know, I mean, that's going to be a slow you – know, anytime federal money comes to the state and it flows to the county, it's a long time. And it may be the next budget year before we see that come back. But there is there is some increased spending for that. Now, there's – you know, of course, a lot of the offices are not open to the public. We're not 
doing a lot of things we've done before. So some of it is, you know, here in like in our office is not, but um, there is some increased spending for that. But we're trying to, you know, keep that as minimal as possible. But um, but you know, nine one one, the EMA director Chris Massengale, of course, he's got team uh, get us a lot of the things we needed, so that helped us. And uh, and also, you know, tomorrow I said we're opening the county offices. I'd just like to tell everybody, you know, we've got this hand sanitizer. We went to Nashville to distillery and got it and kind of felt like we was bootlegging coming out of there with clear gallon jugs, you know, like they did in the old days. But just like to tell everybody, when they come in tomorrow to county offices and it smells like moonshine in here, we're probably not drinking it. It's probably on our hands. But, you know, with the coronavirus going on, I'm not going to say we're not going to probably try to drink some of it. The key word is probably, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, probably. But, you know, re- really, I thought about this. You know, who's to say that we're not – taking in as much alcohol as somebody drinking it when we're spraying it on our hands 46 times an hour. That's a good point. I mean, because I feel like right now, you know, I've sprayed four times while we've been on the phone, Ben. You know, so I mean, so I don't know if i am uh, got a buzz going from it or it's, you know, it's just a headache. But, uh, well, I could understand that if you were in studio with me, but I'm not with you today, so... Well, you know, I sprayed the phone down, just the, you know, the part where when your voice comes through to my ear, that way, in case, you know, just to make sure there wasn't any germs coming through the phone system, I mean. That's pretty good. Um, (laughs) Hey, you know, talk about this ain't got anything to do with this, but, you know, I I think one of these days we'll be telling grandkids, hey, I remember when we used to have buffets, and they'll be like, you mean everybody used the same spoon to get stuff out? I mean, I don't know that we're ever going to have a time again where a buffet's going, but if we do... And one of the big buffets, like it's in Coolville, I won't say the name of it, opens. The first person sneezes, they'll probably evacuate. Yeah. You know, I mean, who knows? It's just going to be a different time. But it, Oh, uh, it definitely is. And you mentioned different times where, you know, you, your officials there in Oden County and, and the trustee, Miss Peggy, she loves to hug people, and she's just a caring person. And I'll be honest with you, one of the favorite things that happens to me when I come there is a hug from Miss Peggy. I hope that don't go away, but I haven't talked to her in a couple of weeks, so – she may not be hugging anybody, uh, any else, but that's something that's changed. It's the way we're interacting with people has changed, and it may change for a long time. I don't know. Well, I've suggested, you know, we cut, we cut spending, we cut taxes, and we cut out hugs. I mean, I've talked to all the office holders, and uh, you know, I tried to get them to cut out hugs. Now, Peck Smith used to be the register of deeds, you know, and I got right. elected in 2014, and Peck's brother. Lewis was a mechanic. He's a mechanic here in Livingston. He always come in the park store where I worked before. And Lewis had come in there every day, and I said, Lewis would go to shake hands. And I said, Lewis, brothers don't shake. Brothers got a hug. And mm-hmm. I'd come around the counter, you know, and grab him and give him a big bear hug. And so when I got elected, I told Peck, I said, you know, I see Lewis, your brother, every day, and we get a hug. And I said, well, I expect the same thing from you. And Peck said, well, I'm not Lewis. I don't hug other guys. So, you know, I mean, a lot of the ones here don't want to hug. But yeah. I mean, I well, guess we'll just try to cut that back. Miss Peggy, she likes to hug. So yeah, I'm not. Peggy not, does, and Victoria does too, yeah. and Kara does, and Kim does. So we got, you know, basically, I'm the only elected office that's male, and the rest of them are all female, and they all like to hug. And, uh, and the, you know, Auburn County likes that. That's what they've, you know, so. Uh, For the record, let's make sure everybody knows you and I have not hugged. So, and that's not going to start. So handshake's fine. Well, I don't want to. Let me. I don't want to lie on the radio, but let me. You know, that's probably that's probably correct. You're probably 98 percent correct, man. <laughs> During the Corona time, I know we've not hugged. I mean, I'm just gonna. There you go. Um, you know, I'm not gonna say I've not thought about it, but I mean, that's you know that that's another show. But anyway, you know. I knew we'd get out of hand at some point. Um, before we we got about four minutes left. Before we, I do want to cover a couple things. You talked about a third shift for for EMS. Have the calls increased? The ambulance calls. I mean, have you seen that go up? Well, we've not really had the number of calls increase, but sometimes, though, when we've had to transport people, they have. Now, you know, we've had to do a lot of transports, and and we're needing more people on those transports. So 
Um, number of calls wise, no, they're not because a lot of people are not. Of course, the same way with the emergency room, a lot of people are just not going to the hospital and not going to the doctor's office. They're calling in more than they ever have. So, uh, you know, I basically just put another shift on to help in case we needed that. Of course, when when we first done that, we thought we were going to get some of the patients from Sumner County Nursing Home into our hospital, not the ones that had Corona, but some of them. Right. And that's been a thing too. It's been hard to because they told on TV that they were going to bring eight or twelve people from there till they got the nursing home. And a lot of people heard that we were bringing 12 people that tested positive here, right. and that never was the case. But, you know, rumors spread fast anyway, and sure. especially times like this when everybody's at home and, yep. and everybody's worried about everything. So we've been a lot, of the, a lot of the calls, and a lot of us in Upper Cumberland, the mayors I've talked to in the small counties, a lot of our day has been, you know, telling people that the way it is instead of, you know, killing out the rumors about, you know, things people hear. Yeah, and how about the uh, inmate population at the jail? Has it has it stayed the same, or have some inmates been moved out, or how's that worked? Well, it stayed about the same. Now they have let some out. I know some counties have let everybody out. Right. Uh, and you know we've we've had some pods that had to be redone because we got separate calling pods where the prisoners are at 30, twenty or thirty prisoners in a pod. Uh, we've had some of them we had to have work done on, and we got them fixed about the time this stuff started. And you know we we can handle more inmates right now, but we can't. Nobody's really sending them, and I, you know I don't know that we want to go out and try to get a lot of extra inmates right now because who knows. You know, like I said, like in Pikeville down there at that prison, I mean, it just spread like crazy there. Sure. Yeah. Well, before, and, go, I'm sorry, go ahead. But, you know, I mean, that's what we're trying. That's why we don't have inmate crews out working. But, I, you know, it's – and that's, you know, a really good thing that we do, the inmate crew, to have more help a lot. But, right. I mean, this year we're just going to have to – you know, we're a bit slower to get things done, but we're going to have to do that without as many people helping. we got about two minutes. So what's the – give me an update on the new county administrative building. Well, we had a walkthrough today with the – they're putting sheetrock in. Uh, we're still on, you know, on schedule to open in August. I mean, before, you know, we were everything was looking good, and everybody in the county is excited about this new building, of course, and all this stuff here, and that's kind of a back burner thing. But I'm glad, you know, of course, we got a big donation to pay for the building. I don't have anything to do with the property taxes. Sure. Probably hard to let make people understand that, though, that, hey, this here don't have anything to do with the taxes. Right. But going to be, you know, good-looking building, a lot easier access for the elderly and uh you know, I mean, it's going to be, I mean, we're going to have one of the nicest county buildings in Upper Cumberland or in the state, I guess. Sure, but uh, yeah. just, you know, we were talking about having a big grand opening. Van Buren had a big opening for their building and had several hundred there. You know, we're talking about August when we're going to try to move. I mean, I, I don't know that we'll be able to have a grand opening. We may just yeah. have to have a drive-by or something. I don't. Uh, <laughs> You're right. We don't We don't know what's going to happen in August. You're right. Um, well, hey, talking about drive-by, let me say this, too. Sure. We, we had a, uh, we all had a. You can call it a parade. We lined up, and we went through the nursing home parking lot, and all the fire department and the sheriff's department, and there were several other people in the county come through, and they had a lot of the people from the nursing home out front and the nurses out there, and we also drove by the hospital. But we drove through and blowed horns and waved and thanked everybody there. And, you know, them people there, probably the first time they've been outside in a while because of this, but uh, we thanked all the nurses and the uh, Everybody there at the nursing home and the hospital, I mean, we you know, really appreciate everything they're doing because they're putting, you know, all of us are worried, but they're putting their lives and their families' lives in danger. And I'd just like to say thank you to all them, but thank you to the ones that set up this parade because, it, you know, it really, I really, you know, we got emotional about it. The, you know, the people were crying. We were, too, when we went through, and they just appreciated us coming through and showing that we loved all of them in the nursing home and at the hospital. Well, that's good. You're right. I mean, the, our health care providers, those people that are, are every day, 
in front of this are, are the heroes. Uh, and, of course, uh, public safety still, they're always heroes as well. So I thank them as well. Ben, thank you so much. It's always good visiting with you. Uh, always fun. And uh, as soon as UT lets me get out of the house and, and gets us out of the quarantine, I'll be up there to see you and look at the new building. Uh, we're looking at <clears throat> probably three weeks for us at least before we get to go to any county. So I'll be there as quick as I can. But if you need anything, holler at me. Thank you for being here. Uh, if you need anything, uh, everybody in Overton County or in the Upper the person you can depend on, if you need something, Ben Danner is a good guy. He's a county executive, uh, and he's a good guy. I've worked with him as long as he's been a commissioner. So appreciate you, what you do, Ben. And uh, you've listened to Trending this week, and Ben Danner's been my guest, and we'll be back with another show next week. Hope you all have a good weekend. I want to thank my producers, Marshall Lee and Billy Mack. They are wonderful. I don't get to thank them every week, but I, I want to thank them. They put up with me, and that's a big task, and I know Ben. What are they thinking? I mean. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I like to say, too, I'm going to try to remember to not wear pajamas tomorrow when we open to the public. So <laughs> I'm glad, everybody to know that. I'm so. glad you let that, let that out. Ben, thank you. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate you. All right. Hope everybody has a good weekend. We'll see you next week.